We are back for another episode yeah. of the Welcome to the Table podcast with your hosts, Khalil and Sean. And uh, we are super excited for this conversation. Every month, we want to do an episode around a spiritual discipline to help us walk uh, as more faithful followers yes. of Jesus to grow in these spiritual disciplines because these practices actually help us continue to renew our minds, to align ourselves with Jesus and his will for our lives. And so uh, this month, we want to talk about the spiritual discipline of celebration. It's not something that people talk about a lot um, in Christian circles, really. Um, So it's kind of exciting to explore it together here. Um, But before we get started, I do want to say, if this show is helpful for you, we would love for you to share it with someone so more people can be a part of the conversations. And as always, rate and review. It helps more people discover the podcast and be a part of these conversations with us. But Sean, kick us off with the celebration idea. Yeah. So I think it's funny because we think of celebration and I haven't really thought of it as kind of a spiritual discipline or an ancient practice, but throughout the scriptures, you see all kinds of different forms of celebration. You think of things like, uh, King David where, uh, he dances or Mm. playing instruments or you, you, you see in the Psalms and you also see in the, the, um, epistles or the letters, to the churches that are either written by Paul or John or Peter or so on and so forth, uh, singing songs and of praise and hymns and, and, and those types of things. There's a real connection to joy. Mm -hmm. So I think celebrate to celebrate and to be filled with joy, not happiness, but joy is there's a, there's like a connection there. Um, Peter, the apostle Peter and first Peter chapter one, specifically verses three through nine talks about, this idea that um, you're to rejoice, even though no matter what the circumstances are, that in rejoicing you're actually you're actually um, becoming more the person. And this is my paraphrase: the person that God has created you to be, and that there's this this type of uh, something that happens when we celebrate. We're actually um, we're actually stepping into who we were who are truly made to be mm-hmm. like that. We were meant to rejoice and, and we were meant for laughter and, mm-hmm. and celebration and, and dancing and singing and the festivals. You see all the festivals within the, the Israelite people. And, uh, you see, you see all the different, you know, uh, uh, holidays. I mean, we create holidays, yeah. you know, all the holidays that we create even within America, but that, that this isn't just a, a Western thing. This is a, this is a human thing. Mm-hmm. to to do this so it's it's kind of a, a cool discipline i'm glad we're we're talking about it because it's scattered throughout it's threaded throughout the scriptures um so yeah yeah and as with all spiritual disciplines um they shape us and you kind of touch sure. on it. they shape us and that's why we talk about it because we want to be shaped or reshaped into the image of god that we were always made to be right. um and so yeah it, the world does celebrate like you'll you'll see you'll see different festivals um, we do birthday parties anniversaries mm-hmm. right um so there's this natural uh celebratory nature within us as image bearers whether we're christians or not but at the same time, um, you can forget to celebrate. 
And yeah. when you forget to celebrate, we're robbed of joy and of life and the vibrance that life has to give us. So that's one reason why I think celebration is so important. And I'm someone who uh, I'm such a doer and kind of onto the next thing that a lot of times in my own life, even when great things happen, sometimes I forget to celebrate and I just yeah. I just keep moving. And in doing that, I can miss a lot of the things that God's doing in my life and ministry in the world around me. Um, True. But I was thinking about even the the source of our celebration. So uh, a lot of people I know that are a part, you know, are not living in relationship with Jesus. Like we said, they still celebrate. Um, I know people who party all the time. Um, right. But their celebration um, is going to be different. And it's going to be rooted in something different. And I think Christian celebration is is rooted even deeper. Um, True. Who is it? Richard Foster says a couple things about celebration. One, I would say celebration um, is a spiritual practice that shapes us, but he also says that celebration comes as a result of all of the spiritual disciplines having their work in our lives. So in one way, celebration is actually a fruit even. Um, As we practice prayer and as we practice fasting and meditation and silence and solitude and become really aware of God in our lives, there's this natural fruit of celebration that will form as well. But in character formation and development, you know, um, things like anger and bitterness and, and hostility and these other, these other things that can crop up in our lives, celebration, I think, can actually um, can conquer them, can push down these, yeah. the, the negative things that often develop in our flesh and, and birth something a lot better. I like how you said conquered them too, because it's not that those things aren't real. It's not that we don't have real pain, real anger, real issues, real hardships. But when we celebrate, um, and we see this inscription, we'll get to it in a minute, mm-hmm. a couple different places. Um, but when we celebrate, it actually puts those things in its proper place. I almost think, mm. you know, cause, cause you recognize, and, and I was even thinking of this as a culture and society, oftentimes when we celebrate, it's to forget something. Mm. We have an excuse. I think of St. Patrick's day. I don't even know if those who, who, uh, who are not followers of Jesus or what, even us as followers, sometimes mm-hmm. we forget, well, what is that truly actually celebrating? It's a day to wear green. Yeah. It's a day to wear green. You get pinched if you don't, <laughs> uh, you got pub crawls and people yeah. getting hammered on the streets. Yeah. I think bourbon street in mm-hmm. Louisiana, or, uh, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say the whole state there, but, uh, you know, in uh, what's the name of the city? New Orleans, sure. thank you. But I think that's uh, a good point. But like, to forget, right? To forget. But w- when it comes to followers of Jesus, we celebrate to remember. Yeah. You think about you think about the the Eucharist, or you think about communion, as we would call it, as Protestants, that you are remembering. But it's actually a real celebration. And there's been times <laughs> where I go and I take communion, and yes, it's a somber time. It's very much somber, and that. that but it's almost like. Are we like, is Jesus still dead mm. or like, are we, you know what I mean? Versus like there needs to be a somber yeah, yeah. rather than like a celebratory. Yes. We want to mm-hmm. remember and remember the cost of that. But there's, there's an element of man, Jesus did this with mm. his very first followers. And we are doing this thousands of years later, the very same thing, the tradition, let's celebrate yeah. what Jesus has done. Let's give, you know, and so, uh, that it's to remember 
you yeah. know. Or you make a point with with like communion is <laughs> we're not just remembering that Jesus died mm-hmm. that summer. We're remembering what Jesus won for us True. in his death and resurrection, that he right. rose again and in that secured new life, new identity, restored our hearts and restored our relationship with the God. Right. And so, I, yeah, we're, we're celebrating to remember God and his faithfulness to us even in that. And if I would challenge our listeners to read through the scriptures uh, as you read through the old Testament and even into the new and look for all the points of celebration, right? Because the people are constantly remembering God's faithfulness. Look at Psalm 78. The whole Psalm is just reflecting on what God has done. And a lot of the Psalms continue to kind of retell the story of Exodus. There's a lot of remembering specifically of Exodus because it's that story of God conquering the inconquerable enemy and securing victory for his people and sending them off to the promised land. And Mm -hmm. they're constantly remembering when things get hard or when things get difficult or or when circumstances are overwhelming or they just don't quite know what's going to happen next. They celebrate and remember who God was and what he did, believing that that is who God is going to continue to be. And it's reminding their hearts of that. So that discipline of celebration is written all throughout the scriptures Mm -hmm. um, entirely into the New Testament as well. Yeah, and it's elevating the character of God, of Yahweh, of creator God. It's um, You look at the songs of ascent as they... As uh, Israel or Jewish people from all over the world would ascend upon the the mountain, the 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 hill of Zion uh, in Jerusalem, to celebrate Passover and the Exodus and all that, they would remember not not only their heritage, but they would remember who God is. You know, so you got songs of sin. I think I think are Psalm twenty through thirty three or thirty five, one of those odd numbers. And so, uh, just just really a great um, Psalms to read through as well. But that's a good idea, though. Even as you're reading, even in your daily devotionals and thoughts and times. Uh, to notice and take, take uh, to take notice, I should say, of the celebration, the rejoicing, the joyfulness, the laughter, the mm-hmm. you know those types of things um, pops out, have pop it out at, out at you. Yeah, but no, that's good. I was just reading even uh, a passage that I wouldn't necessarily think I'd celebrate through, but hmm. it was in John. It was just on the other side of the feeding of the five thousand, and. Uh, there was some celebration in there for me because as I read the passage, I, I was like, man, you're the God who can, who can feed the multitude with a, just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And I'm like, that means you're going to be the God who can do that in my life. You're the God, you're the God of, uh, impossible things, impossible circumstances. And then I found myself kind of just rejoicing and celebrating a little bit. That was my mm-hmm. morning devotional time. And it changed the outset of my day. Uh, that celebration in the morning as I went off into my day, I'm like, as I, and I faced some hard things that day, but I also kept reflecting. I was like, he's the God of the loaves and the fish. Yeah. You know, so that celebration really can uh, shape the trajectory of our day. And and that's something I wanted to even mention here is like for us as Christians, what is the source of our celebration? Where does that celebration come from? Because in James chapter one, verses two through four, it's a it's a passage that you read it at first and you just go what like it's a little <laughs> it feels contradictory because it says count it count it all joy my brothers when you face or when you meet trials of various kinds and it's like a contradiction count it joy celebrate rejoice yeah. when you face trials 
um, which I would think thumbs up, rejoice, thumbs down to trials. <laughs> but because b- through it, it's producing something. It's testing your face. It's producing steadfastness. Right. And it's having this full effect of transforming you. And so it made me think about that in the sense that as Christians, our our reason to celebrate isn't even based on our circumstances. It's not right. based on the fact that everything's going well. Like, um, like when many people would celebrate a job promotion, right? Something good happened. We celebrate. Um, there, there's a reason to, it's not circumstantial. Right. Our reason for Christians to celebrate, it's rooted in, in God and his character. It's his nature. So even when things are, are difficult, even when things are challenging, we're celebrating in light of eternity and what God has won for us. So I would encourage us, you know, to celebrate, um, celebrate God's love for us. Yeah. Celebrate God's unconditional grace. It's not based on anything we do. It's not earned. We can just celebrate that God loves us and is gracious to us. You know, celebrate his provision that God promises that he will always provide for us. He will always meet our needs. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never abandon us. He's always working things for our good. And for us, we can celebrate in any circumstance, in any situation, which like we said earlier, conquers so many of those dark things that try to bubble up. And it's simply rooted in the fact that God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is, I think, probably one of the bigger obstacles for us as followers of Jesus in America. I would say I'll I'll speak for myself is just um, partly because we have uh, not, not that we don't have hardships and trials, but that we do have a lot. We have access to a lot. Um, technologically, medically, uh, monetarily, you know, when it comes to money stuff, um, you know, those types of things. And so when, when we say, Hey, it doesn't matter the circumstance, you know, the context with James, he's writing to the church in, um, Oh, I might get this wrong. I believe it's Antioch. I could be wrong. It might be Jerusalem. I, I don't know. He says it there in James. Um, there's some pressure that's starting to happen from Rome. Rome's starting to tighten up some things, uh, business, small business owners and and leaders and civic leaders and those who are following Jesus is making it a little bit harder on them. And so he, he kind of cuts it off at the past and says, listen, guys, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what the future holds. Um, we still, we still have the we hold the ability to, to rejoice, to celebrate because of who Jesus is. And because we know the outcome, uh, yeah. we know that we don't have, um, that we don't have to, uh, anchor our identity and our life in this life or in our future in this current present moment. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment that's coming and in this King Jesus, he will return and he will make everything right. This is, this is, the 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 trajectory of scripture from genesis all the way yeah. through um there's a garden city that we have to look forward to in revelation and there's those those types of things so we anchor our life in something other than where we're at currently um but i do feel like it is an obstacle sometimes even for myself and so maybe what and i know you have some other thoughts on this but what is a a way for us and our listeners as well to encourage us to um, to, to, to push past the obstacle and, and, um, of kind of anchoring our joy in circumstances because what ends up having happening is it's up and down. It's mm-hmm. ebbing and flowing. It's, it's left and right. Yeah. Um, 
that's such a good question. And I think it kind of comes back to something I was saying earlier. Um, we have to celebrate in light of eternity mm-hmm. because something that I think we are challenged as, as in, as Christians is we can think with too short of a, uh, timeline. You know, if we think in light of this is just life, right. Then we run out of time. I wish I had more time. I didn't have enough time to accomplish the things I wanted to, you know, there were hopes and dreams I had that I thought I would have achieved by now. And I didn't. And there's, then there's reason to despair. Um, or we see, we see the end of our lives drawing near and, and we get anxious, but but we celebrate in light of eternity because this is not the end because God is all, like you said, God has already won the victory. God has already secured our identity. God has saved us and given us eternal life. God has restored and renewed our hearts. And at the end of time, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be no more weeping, no more mourning, no crying, no suffering, no pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And so if we keep our eyes fixed, not on the things of this world, but we lift our eyes above and we look at that eternal timeline there is nothing but reason to rejoice because God wins in the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah. celebration is rooted ultimately for us in God's character and his promises and what he has accomplished. And, and how we know those things. Mm-hmm. If you've not listened to the podcast on scripture intake or Bible intake mm-hmm. is by reading the word. Yep. And so reading the word. Yeah. I would say reading scripture because we encounter, we, we discover God's promises. His character, we encounter yeah. his character. We discover who he is, uh, through Jesus. We ha- we can see with our eyes who God is. He's mm-hmm. the image of the invisible God. So every time we see Jesus in action, we're seeing God's character, mm-hmm. but you can also read other books that, Truth. that are, or devotionals on God's character and his attributes and allow those to, 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 to shape our mind. But when you say, you know, how do we overcome that obstacle? Right. It has to be keeping our eyes on who he is. And I'll just say, you know, uh, as we're recording this today, it was a stressful day for me and I was facing some, uh, some obstacles and some trials and I just found myself getting overwhelmed or really focused on them. And I just had to go for a walk. So I went for a walk outside and I, what I did was I fixed my eyes on Psalm 46 which is really, it's, it, the psalm is like, man, when the earth is shaking and the waters are raging and it feels like the mountains are falling into the sea and there's just no way out. There's no way out. Impossible circumstances and odds. It says, you know, there's a, there's a river that gives peace. There's a river that gives life. And it's, yeah. God is that river. And, and he makes glad the, peop, hit the people of God. And, and then it says, be still and know that I am God, that, that I will be exalted. And so in that, I just had to recite the psalm and pray it. And so I found myself getting anxious in circumstances, getting anxious by looking uh, too narrowly at just what was right in front of me. And I had to lift my eyes back to who he was and the realization that he's enough. He's victorious. He's going to work all things out in the end. And then just thanking him for that. And Thanksgiving was celebration and it pulled me out of that pit. Um, but that took an, in, that was a moment of intentionally celebrating who God was. Cause apart from that, my day was getting a little overwhelming. Yeah. And for me, actually confession time, you know, it's been, you know, a hard, a hard couple of days for me as well, just in, just in life period. But today at the time of this recording, I walked out of, um, uh, one of our office buildings and I just felt this overwhelming sense of, you know what, Sean? no matter what Jesus loves me, Mm. 
and I know it's it's really cliche and it's really childlike, but there was a, a joy that just filled my heart in that moment, sacred moment. And I just prayed and I said, and I said, Jesus, thank you so much that your love for me doesn't depend on my mistakes mm. or my mess ups, or my failures or anything that I do well, that your love is not circumstantial. Therefore, my joy and my celebration doesn't need to be either. And mm. I just, um, it, it gave me a sense of, uh, sense of confidence in who he is and uh i've had a couple of moments like that the last week or so um you know just because you know you you, life life is very much an ebb and flow and an up and down like the circumstances that we hold but so it's good to know that i can anchor my joy and my celebration in Mm -hmm. who god is and we need to remind ourselves that so i used to do jericho marches Mm -hmm. around our church here in the good old Albany, Oregon. I used to do some Jericho marches, clear the head, and just start praising Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just start praising him, uh, singing, making up songs in, in my own heart or, or, or a song that I love, mm-hmm. that that I enjoy. Or like you do, you know, you just sing or pray over you yourself a psalm, mm-hmm. like a Psalm 46. Well, I mean, that's the same, it's the same practice as the Israelites did throughout the entire Old Testament, mm-hmm. recalling the faithfulness of God, recalling his character, recalling his provision, right. recalling who he is over their circumstances. And for us, it's a historical book when we look at our, our Bible, but for them, it was their journal. You know, it was their life in the moment. They're yeah, facing Babylon, they're facing Egypt, they're facing oppressive forces, and they're looking for where do you find hope? And apart from God, you don't have you don't have that. Um, you don't have a hope that is greater than an oppressive empire coming and taking taking you and taking your family. Yeah. But in God, you can remember His character, who He is, and rely on that promise because He He's always faithful. And so, you know, the Israelites did that. The Old Testament is doing that and teaching us that. And then for us, present day, it's just continuing that same ancient practice mm-hmm. um, it's true yeah it's same true. ancient practice for us so that would be i guess the encouragement i was even thinking while you were talking sean something that i know a lot of people have done or i was taught to do is even just take an inventory of the good things in your life yeah, that's and good. so right there's down. one very practical thing you can do is you know there's all of us have experienced some good because it's the common grace of god that he he provides and he cares for us Um, Even those who are not in relationship with him, there's that common grace. And so taking an inventory of the good, if you find yourself unable to celebrate, um, just make a list and then start going over that list and thanking God for each individual thing. But I would say even above that, celebrating God for his character is so important because even if it seemed like there was nothing good in your life, God is there. That's good. And God is good. And so that might, I think that is still the higher thing to celebrate i think that i think that's good especially for those of our listeners who may struggle and battle real mental illnesses illnesses Mm -hmm. real depression real anxiety Mm -hmm. real stress um i think that's a really good first practical step if you know if you are listening to this and we're not counselors or anything and so definitely run it by your counselors if you're getting counseling but i think that's a really good first step for for those of us i know i have had bouts uh, recently with anxiety and depression. And so, um, I know those are some moments that have been really helpful to Mm -hmm. just 
kind of write down in my journal or write down on a piece of paper, keep it in your Bible, keep it in front of you. Okay. As good reminders, you know? Yeah. And I mean, my, my route for this is, for celebration is just thank you to say thank you yeah. to God. Thank you. You know, like you said, depression, anxiety, things like those. Thank you, God, that, um, that I'm wonderfully made. Thank you that I am a masterpiece. Thank you that you were involved in every process of making me. Thank you that you don't make mistakes. Thank you yeah. that you don't make accidents. Thank you that I'm, I'm not a failure. I'm not these things, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're facing. Thank you, God, that you are faithful. Thank you, God, that you are sovereign. You're all powerful. Thank you that darkness never wins. Thank you that this isn't the end of my story. Thank you that you're still transforming me and making me into the image of God. Thank you that you're not done with me yet. Thank you that you still have a future and and promises for ahead of me. You know, when things start feeling dark, thank you that you're never done. Just thanking God. I mean, I hope you sense even now how that lifts our eyes from the present and helps us celebrate in light of eternity again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are good initial steps and where that takes us sometimes is into a really healthy uh, dialogue with our creator. You know, that it can take us into some of those other ancient practices where you just feel compelled, then you're overwhelmed by the presence of our our creator. And so you can only but have silence and solitude. Mm -hmm. You can only, then you start meditating on scripture. And so it's a good, it could be, it's not the only one, but it could be a really good starting place into some of these other disciplines that really feed our souls and where Jesus can really do healing work into our hearts, healing work in our minds. And, um, so it's a really good practical step. I think another, another thought I had too, when you were talking Khalil was, um, you know, we, we talk about how Israel, the ancient Israel and kind of the old Testament throughout the old Testament, you have this, this singing and songs and, and celebrations. And then you look at um, this is not the only place it happens in Acts, but Paul and Silas, they get thrown into jail. Yeah. <clears throat> Acts chapter 16, and you've got another one, I think, too, mm-hmm. uh, where the apostles get thrown in jail. And it says, I think in both instances, I'll let you read yours, uh, Acts 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Mm. And the prisoners were listening to them. So they're praying and they're singing. Well, singing is obviously a form of celebration. That's one of the reasons why when we come together as followers of Jesus, whether it's on a Sunday morning worship gathering or smaller group gatherings, wherever, it's always uh, positive. It's always healthy to have, even if it's a guitar uh, and nothing else and a bunch of voices, to sing together. It lifts our spirit. Mm. I would not be singing in prison. (laughs) I would be complaining. And what's amazing about this is this incident and the incident you're, you're going to talk about is so many followers of Jesus that we know about that. I've heard their stories in underground churches around the world reference this, these, uh, pieces of scripture Mm -hmm. as encouragement while they're in jail while they're imprisoned wrongfully, you know, and, and, and the like mm. that they can look to that. And that there's, there's this, um, there's this real beautiful thing that takes place where we kind of tether ourselves to the ancients, to the, the original apostles. Yeah. Um, 
the, the first followers. It's something beautiful about that. Yeah, no, that's so good. And then in Acts chapter five, you have uh, the same thing when it's, uh, I think it's Peter and some of the apostles uh, are in front of uh, the Sanhedrin and they get thrown in jail. Um, Again, prior to the one you're mentioning and eventually they get let out. Uh, They're, they're flogged. They're, they're beaten and told, Hey, don't do that again. You know, (laughs) stop, stop, stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And they let him go. And in 541, it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing (laughs) celebration because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace (sighs) for the name of Jesus. Crazy. They rejoiced and celebrated because they were counted worthy to experience suffering and to experience disgrace. And I, it's hard to imagine celebrating that I was disgraced. But what, again, is the anchor for their celebration? They were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. There was this recognition they were being unified with God, and it was all celebration in light of eternity. Throughout the book of Acts, we see that the early church is celebrating because God, through the Holy Spirit, is fighting darkness on their behalf. They're simply moving and going, and they're seeing the power of God go before them, and they, they know that God wins. They know that God wins. No matter yeah. what they face, God wins. Even if they die, they're united to Jesus. They're united to God. They, they are in the presence of their Savior. So there is no circumstance that can, that can defeat or quench their celebration because of Jesus. Yeah. And that's such a good reminder for us in all circumstances. We, we will have trial. We will face different tribulations. But God is victorious. He wins. And that is a reason every day to celebrate. That's why we say all the time. That's good news. That's the euangelion. That's the good news of the gospel is that God wins and he has restored and reconciled us to him forever. And there is nothing that can defeat that. That's a hope that cannot be quenched. That is a hope that no thing in this world can ever defeat. Um, and no matter what we face in life, we never lose our reason to celebrate. Yeah. So, um, you also said something, Sean, as we're, as we're drawing near the end here, just about, you were talking about them celebrating and you talked about the people and the community, which made me think celebration is also very communal. Right. And, uh, something Richard Foster says in in an article he wrote, he says, celebration isn't just an attitude. It's also something we do. He says, we laugh, we sing, we dance, we play. The psalmist described the joy filled celebration of the people of God. So the community of God complete with timbrel and dance and trumpets and lutes and harps and strings and clashing symbol symbols. He said in celebration, we celebrate. And then this is kind of what I want to focus on. He said, celebration begets more celebration. Joy begets more joy. Laughter begets more laughter. I have found that at times of genuine celebration or times of genuine celebration have the potential of bringing healing and wholeness to the entire community. So, so let's celebrate. It's good. It's just a reminder that celebration doesn't just affect our hearts. It doesn't just align us with our creator. It doesn't just restore and refresh our soul, but it has the ability to transform a community. Right. And when the community of God celebrate together and celebrate their savior, we fix our eyes on him just like we do when we remember and celebrate through communion. But then all of us together are lifting our eyes and in light of eternity um, are reminding ourselves of what is ultimately true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important to remember is that celebration is also communal. Yeah. And the world will watch and want to be a part. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you and I together as followers 
this is a pivot for us. This mm. is a very, when we read these scriptures here in Acts, when we read some of this stuff, when we talk about some of the things, this is a very big shift in the American culture. Mm-hmm. But but that's a good thing as well because it's so counterculture and so different that people who are not in relationship with Christ or do not have any ties to a local church expression, mm-hmm. um, they will, they'll notice mm-hmm. they can't help it. Well, and this is evangelistic as well, because yeah. you can always, and we can always give a reason for your hope. I mean, that's the scripture. Um, it says to always be ready, always mm-hmm. be ready to give an account for the reason of your hope, which is in Jesus. And so when we, yeah. when we are fixed on celebration and when our perspective is right, when we are out in the world and we're encountering people not in relationship with him, we always have a reason for hope. We always have something to share and we always have an invitation to Jesus that we carry with us. Yeah. So as we start wrapping up, I'll let, I'll give you the last word, Khalil, but I'd like to just say, start somewhere, start mm-hmm. thanking Jesus, Yeah. write down words that you, you maybe don't know how to express other than just by writing them down, write down scripture, um, um, start, start on a, on a little walk you know, when you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. do a little walk or get a little fresh air and just start thanking and praising and singing, uh, to, to Jesus. Maybe there's a song you can have in your back pocket, maybe pop in your earbuds and, uh, listen to a song or two that, you know, will lift your spirit and celebrate yeah. in celebration. So, and, and you can also, uh, the, the book of Psalms mm-hmm. is a song book of praise and there's plenty of Psalms of Thanksgiving. So, Psalm 100, Psalm 34, Psalm 111, uh, Psalm 44, Psalm 95. Those are just a few, but you can just simply Google Psalms of Thanksgiving yeah. and, and find some Psalms to and make that part of your, your scripture time. Uh, yeah. Maybe in the morning or the end of the day, just or during your lunch break, find a Psalm and reflect on it, read it and, and pray it out loud and, and pray the Psalms because God has given us the book of Psalms for us to be able to pray back to him. And since it's the perfect word of God, it's a perfect prayer every time. Yeah. And this has popped in my head. If you aren't involved in a local church body or gathering, I encourage you to get involved, mm. get involved together around um the table uh together at a church local church or small group and uh that's a great way to start as well as we celebrate together the goodness of god who he is what he has done what he's doing and what he will continue to do so good so celebration begets more celebration joy begets more joy laughter begets more laughter so celebrate make this a spiritual discipline Uh, uh, it's an ancient practice to bring into your everyday life and just watch how it changes your heart reshapes your mind renews your soul and fixes your eyes on the one who is victorious in your life thank you so much for being a part of this conversation man please rate and review please share this with someone Everyone needs more celebration in their life. So share this episode, celebrate with someone, invite someone to your table, share the joy of Christ that you have in your life, and watch what God will do in the world around you.